Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everyone doing? Good? Let's give it up for our worship team in the house this morning, man. We appreciate you guys so much. Awesome. Welcome to day 22 of 21 days of prayer. Let that sink in. Man, we, like Pastor said, we're super excited. And I think it's important that we take a moment in this service and honor the man who built the prayer culture for our church. And everything you experience when you walk into TC, the joy, the life, the love that you experience here, all originated with a call of God on one person and his vision. That's our founding pastor, Pastor Dan Livingston. So let's give it up for him in the house. We honor you. So. So we're in our detox series, part four. Turn to your neighbor and say part four. So uh, if you weren't here for the other three parts, you can go home online today and you can check those out. But uh, we want to get into part four today. So we've dealt with, up until this point, we dealt with the, really the soul, the body, and the spirit. The things that we need to get out of us. Today, we're going to look at things we need to put back into us. You all with me? So we talked about the stuff that needs to come out of us. Talk about that. And one of the things that we need to get out of our life, right? Because uh, the detox, throw the, uh, throw the uh, definition up there for us. So the detox is the removal of toxic substances from a living organism. And so we spent the last few weeks talking about toxic things that need to come out of our life, right? So we talked about different atmospheres, environments. We even talked about people. How many of y'all got some toxic people? Y'all need to get out of your life, right? Amen, somebody? Some of them even got the same last name as you. Hey, so... But uh, speaking of, it reminded me of a story. And so uh, there was a, you know, some of y'all have heard me tell Billy Bob stories. So Billy Bob, him and his buddies decided they were going to get together. They were going to coach Little League football, which goes about as well as herding cats. Okay, so, so he decided they were going to coach Little League football. And so they, uh, they find out they have to travel. So they're going to spend three days traveling with their Little League football team. And so uh, the, the three assistant coaches realize that they're going to have to, one of them's going to have to share a room with Billy Bob, Coach Billy Bob, while they're on the road. The problem is Billy Bob snores like a freight train. So they decide that what we'll do is we'll rotate. Each person will take a different night. So that way, if none of us get sleep, at least it only happens to one of us on one night, right? And so the first night, uh, you know, Coach Joey is rooming with Billy Bob, and so uh, the next morning, they, he, Coach Joey comes out, and his eyes are all bloodshot, and, and they're like, yo, Joey, what happened? And he's like, listen, man, as soon as Billy Bob's head hit the, hit the pillow, like, I, I, he started snoring. So I stayed up all night just watching him, you know? And so they're like, man, so the next night, right? Right? Uh, Coach Bubba comes out, and uh, his eyes are all bloodshot. And he's like, oh, gosh. So they come to him, what happened? He's like, as soon as his head hit the pillow, he started snoring. And I spent all night watching him sleep. You know what I mean? Uh, so then the next day, right, Coach Chris, uh, or that night, Coach Chris goes in, and he's got a room with Billy Bob. And so uh, he, he comes out the next morning, and he's all, like, perked up, and he's awake, and he's happy, and they're like, like, yo, what happened? He said, right before we went to sleep, I walked over to Billy Bob, tucked him in, kissed him on the cheek, and he stayed up all night watching me sleep. Hey, come on. So, <clears throat> all that to say, sometimes there are some people you got to watch out for in your life. You know what I'm talking about? Anyways. So we spent a few weeks talking about the things we need to get out of our life. Let's focus on some things that we can put into our life today. Amen, somebody? So 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this. 
It says, may the God of peace himself make you entirely pure and devoted to God, right? So this is what the Lord wants us to do. He, he wants to make us pure and devoted to God. Why? Let's jump down to the next part. He says, and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept. So I want you to underline that word in your notes, kept. Strong and blameless until that day when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back again. Which means that there is a continual process of being strong and blameless. Like there's a continual drive to maintain being strong and blameless. Which means that there's a, there's a process, there's a journey of being strong and blameless. So it's not something you ever obtain. It's a constant striving for. You guys with me? So... If you guys have ever been in leadership circles or you've ever been a part of uh, some of the circles where uh, leaders are at, you'll hear the rule of, uh, the people talk about the rule of five and it comes from John Maxwell. And so John Maxwell talks about the rule of five. And the rule of five is this. If you say you had a tree in your backyard and, and you wanted to cut that tree down. So every day you walked in your backyard, you grab an ax and you just took five strokes of the tree. One, two, three, four, five. Then you put the ax down and you go about your day. And the next day you come outside, you grab the ax. One, two, three, four, five. Then you put the ax down. Next day you come back out. One, two, three, four, five. Eventually, what's going to happen to the tree? It's going to fall, right? And the idea is in each one of our lives, we all have a tree. Now, the tree is usually what we're trying to accomplish, not what we're trying to get rid of. So what we're trying to, some of us are trying to be great leaders. Maybe you're trying to be a better parent. Maybe you're trying to uh, improve your walk with Christ. Maybe you're trying, what, what is the thing that you're trying to do? And what are the steps that you're putting in place to help get you there? So that's the rule of five. So for the rule of five, you'll want to come in. And, and, and like I said, if you're trying to improve these areas, you say, I'm going to do these things. But how many guys know that if you, if you don't make a plan, then you never accomplish, like if you don't make a plan to do the things you need to accomplish, you'll find at the end of the day, you didn't accomplish anything. How many guys have ever sat down on the couch and been like, I didn't get anything done today that I set out to do, right? The main, usually the reason why is we, because we failed to plan, we planned to fail. And so in our lives, we have to recognize that we have to make a plan. So, but here's the deal. We may not be able to do everything in our life, but what are the five things that you absolutely need to do? And if you know those five and you rehearse those five and those five are a constant thing in you, you have them written down somewhere, you, you know, write them on your kid's forehead or whatever, whatever you need to do to remember them, okay? But if you, if you have them in front of you and there's something you tell yourself every morning and something you tell yourself every night and you reflect back on it, then you can ensure that if you didn't get anything else done today, you got the thing that mattered done today. You guys with me? So... This even, and this isn't just a leadership principle. This is actually a biblical principle. I'll show you. Proverbs 17, 24 says this. It says, an intelligent person aims at wise action. In other words, he makes a plan. But a fool starts off in many directions. And how many of us, our days or our weeks get away from us because we're not, we're not starting off with intention. We take on each day in a chaotic mess and then we wonder why we don't get things done, right? So, the rule of five, there, there, are, there are four things that if we do, if we pay attention to, we can, we can make sure the rule of five happens in our life, right? So uh, the first one is that we need to be intentional. We need to be intentional. We need to make sure 
that we're intentional about what we're doing. We need to make sure that what we set out to accomplish, the rule of five, like if you do the rule of five, we're being intentional with our day, right? The next thing is you need to be practical. Be practical. If you're trying to cut a tree down and you grab a bat instead of an ax, you're going to be there a long time. You with me? Like, but it, it's funny when we say it that way, but how many of us are saying we're trying to get here, but all the decisions in life are leading us over here, right? So we need to be practical about what it is we're trying to accomplish. Next, we need to be consistent. We need to be consistent. Listen, you don't have to do it all day, but you have to do it every day. So it, five, five swings of the ax. You don't have to swing the ax all day, but if these are the five things that matter to you, then you do have to do them every day, right? And so, and if we do all three of these things, and lastly, number four, we can expect results. You can expect results if you prioritize the things in your life that are important, right? So for me, I, and I, I hesitated giving you my rule of five, but I'm gonna give you mine. If you want to adopt any of these, feel free. But you need to figure out what the five things are that matter to you, right? So for me, the first, like my first, my rule of five is, um, is that I want, I'm going to connect, right? So my, my rule of five is that I'm going to, uh, I wrote them down so I wouldn't communicate them out of order. Connect, reflect, develop, impact, and improve. Like that's my five. So I'm going to connect. I connect with my, my wife every day. I connect with God every day. I spend time praying. I spend time reading the word. I connect with my wife every day. Why do I have that as part of like that? Well, those should just, should just be something that you do. Well, I'm going to make sure it's something that I do. At the end of, at the, end of the day, I'm going to look at my rule of five and make sure I connected my wife. Number one, because she's a fox. You know what I'm saying? So, and she hates when I do that. So there's that. So but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to connect, I'm gonna connect with the Lord. I'm going to connect with people, right? So uh, I'm going to connect. The, the, my second thing that I do every single day is I also reflect. I reflect on what happened yesterday. I reflect on the things that I can get better at. One of the things, some of you have heard me talk about this. I do a pause every day for five to ten minutes. When I'm driving home from work, I stop at a very particular spot. I'm not telling you where it's at because I don't want any of y'all popping up in my spot, okay? So... But I pop up in, I go to the spot, and I just sit there five to ten minutes. I don't play the radio. I don't listen to a song. I don't even pray. I don't speak. Sometimes the, I'll, the Lord will speak to me. Like sometimes I'll, that'll happen, but I'm not speaking. I sit in complete silence for five to ten minutes. Here's why. In, a, in an organization, particularly as a pastor, one of the many things that we do is we're called to help carry burdens. And if I'm not careful... I will just as well carry one of your burdens into my home and my wife will be the recipient of my stress. Therefore, I take five to 10 minutes every day and I put my stuff, I sit in my truck with my windows up because it's hot outside. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Air conditioning on blast. Okay, so, but I sit there and I sit in complete silence and I just reflect on the day and all the things that have been overwhelming to me, I put them down. And I pull up to my house. That way when I'm walking in the door, my wife isn't getting stressed out the version of Pastor Brad. She's just getting Brad. Because she didn't marry the pastor. She married the man. And for some of you, your spouse didn't marry the business owner or the whatever. But you're by default making them carry the burdens that they were never asked to carry. And so I reflect every day. And part of that reflection is making sure that 
my wife gets the best version of me, which is, that's every version of me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. But <laughs> the next thing that I do is develop. I, de- I'm, I'm, I love developing people. That's why we have the pipeline starting in two weeks. I want to pour every bit of wisdom and leadership that I have and Pastor Dan has, uh, even Pastor Justin, into people. I want to develop them. Some of you are on a list. You, it, you, some of you, every probably four to six weeks, you get a text message from me on a Monday at 9 a.m., which means you're on one of my lists that I reach out to you every Monday, and I just check on you. How are you doing? How's, how's life? What are you going through? What can I pray for you about? You know, do I need to come by your work and kick you in the rear end? What do, like, how do you need help from me today, right? And if, you, if that, I'm trying to develop people, right? The number four is impact. I impact. I make sure I never put my head down on a pillow where I haven't impacted somebody's life in a way for Jesus. Um, and then number five um, is I improve. How do, how do I get better tomorrow than I was today? How can I love my wife better tomorrow than I did today? How can I lead this church better tomorrow than I did today? Because here's the deal. If I'm always focused on being better for my wife tomorrow, I never take it for granted today. Some of y'all need to grab a hold of that. You're forgetting all the blessings God has given you today, and you're, taking, or, and you're so focused on trying to get things done tomorrow, you're forgetting what God has given you today. So focus on what you have now before you lose it tomorrow. That's good. Some of y'all better write that down. I'm just like, tweet that out, okay? So I love this quote by John Maxwell. He says this. He says, every day of your life is merely preparation for the next. What you become is the result of what you do today. In other words, you are always preparing for something. So what are you aiming to be today? Or what are you aiming to be tomorrow? And are you taking necessary steps today to get you there? Right? So, therefore, we want to look at where God is taking us. So, Matthew 6.33 says this. says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first. So, therefore, we're going to look to God to be our everything. And as we look to God to be our everything, he'll give us all the things that we're aiming to get that he has set for us. There are plenty of things in life that I'm trying to do that God's saying, God's saying, that's not for you. That, that wasn't meant for you. I was talking with one of our guys uh, just the other day, a few days ago, and I was telling him, you have to learn the difference between godly things and God's things. In other words, there are things that God wants you to do in your life, and there are, then there are things that look like God, but he never meant for you to do them. And we have to understand the difference. And some of that is even carrying other people's burdens. Like some of you need to stop trying to be someone's hero and let them fall on their face a few times so they'll learn to pick themselves up instead of you picking them up all the time. That was free, actually. That wasn't even in my notes. Y'all can come look. So what do we need to do? So today I want to focus on five things that we can do. Five things that if we do these every day, so you'll have your own personal rule of five about what you're trying to accomplish, but how many guys know we can get better in our relationship with the Lord? Amen. So so we got some things out of our life for the last three weeks. Let's look at the five things we're going to put into our life. And and if you do these and you do them consistently and practically uh, and intentionally, then you can expect results if you do these five things. All right, let's let's look at them today. Number one, acknowledge and thank God every day. And listen, this isn't hard. This takes three seconds. Every morning when you wake up, every morning when I wake up, I just stop for a second. God, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you. 
Look, everything in your life may not be going the way you want it to. That's okay. Thank you. For what? That right there, that breath that you just breathed. Thank you. Thank you for that. Right? And people come to us, Pastor, yeah, just my life is, there's things falling apart and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, thank him for the cross. Thank him that even if this life isn't what you mapped it out to be, at the end of it, there's something else for you because Jesus chose to pay for your sins on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that even even if today doesn't go the way I wanted to go, even though the pain I'm even going through, there's something else after this life that I get to look for. Thank you, Jesus, for that. You'll be shocked at how different your day could be if you start every morning off thanking God instead of complaining to someone else about all the things you're mad at God for. Psalms 145, 1 through 3 says this, I will exalt you, my God, the King, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Right? He keeps going. He says, every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Every day we need to give God thanks. Thank you. And it's quick. It's easy. God, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the day you've given me. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you that you woke me up. Thank you for the dog that chewed on my shoes yesterday. Amen, somebody. So every day, right? Number two, let's talk to God. Talk to God. So, and and notice, and I didn't put prayer here. I didn't say pray. Because sometimes I think, especially in the Bible Belt, like we're in the South. So here in the Bible Belt, we, we kind of focus our mind. Like prayer is like some laid out contextual sentence that we pray to a God from England. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like we praise this, thee, O Lordeth of thouest salvation, if. Right? No, like prayer is just a conversation. The same way you would have a conversation with someone else. Like, thank you. God, these, th- number one, thank you for who you are and thank you for what you've done for me. And, and man, these are, God, these, these are the things that in my life that I'm trying to become more like you at it. And if you could step in, if you could help me, if you could lead me, if you could guide me. And my only goal was that I would, number one, become more like you. And number two, that I would be able to follow you better. And so we, we start our day off praying. And there's three, three things that if you, if you can do these three things, it'll help you in your prayer life, right? So, uh, and, and so the first one is we need to find a certain time, right? Is it first a certain time, right? Or I, I should say uh, a certain time. Yeah, sorry. A certain time. So we, we come in and like, we gotta, we gotta have a, a certain time that we pray. A certain time that is set aside for us to, to come in. So for, for me, it's the mornings. I, like, I have to pray in the morning because how many guys know once the day gets going? Come 10 o'clock, you're sitting on the couch like, what happened to, right? A certain time. Psalm 5.3 says this. says, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectation. And this is, so the psalmist is saying that every morning he comes before the Lord. For you, I think you find what works for you. Like find your time, but let your time be consistent. Here's the thing. You don't have to do it all day, but you do have to do it every day. So what is your time, right? So uh, during 21 days of prayer, we've been waking up at 6 a.m. Actually, we've been waking up at 4.45 in the morning to get here at 6 a.m. for prayer. Listen, that's a God thing, folks. I'm just telling you right now. I'm a 31-year-old former musician, okay? That's a God thing. 
And so we've been getting here at 6 a.m. and praying, but the Lord has also shown me that that's going to become part of my lifestyle from now on. So I'm waking up every morning, 5 a.m., and giving that time with the Lord. Why? Because that's when I'm my best to be praying to God. But you need to find the time that works for you, right? So set aside the time that you're going to spend in prayer, because if you don't plan to do that, then you're going to fail to do that. Right? How many of us can look back over the last three, four days and go, you know, I don't know when the last time I was I spent actual time talking to God because life gets busy. I know it doesn't for all you guys, but for me it does sometimes. So how many of you guys know life gets busy? So we got to give him a certain time. Next is a certain place, a certain place. And so we go to a certain place to, to pray for me. I... Uh, I give the Lord a kind of, I have a, a spot in our house and currently we're moving right now. So we're moving from one place to another. We're moving to a new house. And, but usually I have a study and in my study, I have a desk where I do two things that are very important to me. One, I clean my guns there. Okay. So uh, if you don't like guns, sorry, you don't have to like them. I do. So, and then number two, that's also where I pray and I drink coffee in the morning. So but that's, that's my place. I go there, and that's where I spend time with the Lord. It's away from my house where everything else is. And since I'm waking up earlier in the mornings, the only two people that are awake at that time is me and one of my dogs that followed me in there, right? So, like, so it's just me and one of my dogs. And as I'm in there praying, right, as I'm in there and I'm spending time with the Lord, I'm focused on what God is communicating to me. That's what's happening. Now, for you, you need to find that out. Now, now Pastor Dan, I remember Pat growing up, Pastor Dan is like the champion of prayer. Has, I don't know if you guys have ever seen him pray, but he's like in it to win it. Like, God, we thank you for this day. We can, uh, like, like, he's just like, Pastor Dan is like, he's, he's praying. Like, you know what I'm saying? When you think of like, I feel like I'm watching Gladiator when he's praying. You know what I mean? Like, are you not entertained? Anyway, so. So, so I, like, but then, then there's my mom. And she always prayed right beside her bed. Like she would pray beside her bed. And so like, you know, pastor's championing. Then I think about my mom and she would just be over there and just little tears are coming down her face. And she just has a little tissue and she's just dabbing. Just, just my mom's a dabber, you know, like that. So she's, she's, she's just dabbing the tears away. Right. And you, we always knew growing up, if my mom came out of the room crying, that something significant in our life was about to change. Like we're about to lose a girlfriend or we're about to, our job about to change something. She's praying something to change in our life. She is shifting the spiritual atmosphere for us, you know. But you have to have a certain place, right, that you go and pray. Mark 135 says this, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed, right. The next, the third one is a certain place plan. You have to have a certain plan. We don't go into our prayer life haphazardly. What is it that you're setting out to pray for today? Going into 21 days of prayer, the last, all 21 days of prayer, God put on my heart two things he wanted me to pray for. The first one was something on behalf of this church. The second one was something on behalf of, uh, of my own personal life, something that I wanted to see God do a miracle in for my life and some of the things he was doing. And so every morning when I came in for 21 days of prayer, I spent the bulk of my time just crying out to God, praying 
for what he had communicated to, to, to me. I even spent the last 14 days fasting, and, and so I was not eating for 19 hours out of the day, and just, just all the things I felt like the Lord communicated to me. I'm not telling you you should do that. I'm talking about what the Lord communicated to me. So I gave him a certain time, a certain place, and he gave me a certain plan. And we've already seen both of those things. God is moving supernaturally in, our, in my life and in this organization on behalf of both of those things. Why? When we give that to God, God shows up for us. Amen. All right? And so we do that. Luke 11, 2 through 4 says this, and this is talking about a plan, right? He said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Then he says, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. And this is a, a nugget out of the scripture, so this is pulling some of the stuff out. But he's saying, Father, so we come, we acknowledge Jesus. Thank you for today. Thank you for being a father. Your kingdom come. God, we're looking for your, your kingdom to rule in our life, not for our ways, God, but we want what you want for us. Give us our daily bread. In other words, everything I'm going to need today, it's going to come from you. Right? Forgive us of our sins, for also we forgive everyone. God, help me forgive those who have, have hurt me, right? And then he says, lead us not into temptation, God. Deliver us from that, but give us the path we need to walk on. And this, I, this to me is one of the best ones. I would encourage you, take your notes, keep this, and let that just be something you continue. You don't have to, you don't have to pray this word for word. Let this be the template that guides your prayer. So that when we're playing with, a specific, praying with a specific plan, we can see God do something for us, right? Next one is that we need to read and submit to God's word. Read and submit to God's word. Notice I didn't just put read God's word. We need to read and submit. What are the things in the Bible that's pointing out to me that I need to change about me? See, because a lot of times we think that we read the Bible and it identifies things in us that needs to change. So we try to conform the Bible to us. People, people come to us as pastors and they'll say, what is your interpretation of that scripture? Like the one that says, don't kill? Like, like don't. Do not. Like apostrophe. Like don't, don't do it. Listen to me. When you read the word, conform yourself to what it says. I'm not saying people are asking for permission to do it. I'm saying a lot of times we go, I wonder what the Bible is really saying there. It's really saying what it says. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of a big word, hermeneutical understanding to the way the Bible is written. And I get that. But a lot of times we read that the Bible is giving us very clear directions for our life. And we try to figure out ways around what we see. It tells us we need to change. Well, surely the Bible doesn't mean that I need to inconvenience myself. Really, Jesus inconvenienced at the cross means you get to do whatever you want to do. Wrong. We have to change. We conform and submit to what the Bible is telling us. Isaiah 48 says this, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. Joshua 1.8 says this, it says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Right? But why does it say to do that? Next, it says, then you will be prosperous and successful. When we commit ourselves to living the life that the Bible is trying to communicate to us, then we become prosperous and successful. Number four, the next one, maintain meaningful relationships. Maintain meaningful 
relationships. Not just maintain relationships, maintain meaningful ones. Like how many of us have relationships that we would probably do without if we had the choice? Come on, somebody. Like, like ah, I probably wouldn't hang out with that person if I didn't have to work next to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we need to maintain meaningful relationships, right? And that's one of the reasons why I love small groups. I love what we do at TC. I love small groups. I love our dinner group. I don't lead it anymore, but I still attend a small group every week. We go to the Saturday dinner group where we're always going out to eat somewhere. And listen, if you need Bible study in your life, maybe you, you want to be a part of a small group where they're studying the book of Job or Hosea or whatever. Perfect. Like we've got something for that. Maybe you want a small group where just you and a bunch of guys go play basketball. Perfect. We got room for that. Listen, maybe you want a small group where you don't really want to study anything, but you just you want to eat and hang out with some people. Perfect. We got room for that. Like there's a small group for whatever it is you want to do. What you need in your life is relationships that are going to help you become the person that God's trying to help you become. Listen to me. Don't complain about not changing if you're never surrounding yourself with people that are helping you become who God wants you to be. So we have to get into meaningful relationships. Hebrews 3.13 says this, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And some of you say, yeah, well, Pastor Brad, it says daily, but small groups only meet weekly. Ha, got an answer for that. Listen, small groups meet weekly, but small groups aren't once a week. When you join a small group, you're a part of a daily relationship and communication so small groups meet weekly but they're not like like me and my wife like we eat dinner but we're not dinner you know what I'm talking about like so listen we, we have to get ourselves plugged into relationship where you have someone daily checking in on you daily pouring into you right and so we communicate the need for small groups matter of fact we have a couple in our church they're relatively new to TC they've been with us for less than a year but they want to tell their story uh, about small groups so go ahead and roll it guys My name is Adam, and I'm Brittany. We've been going to TC since April. Well, we went to the marriage conference in February, I believe, and we just enjoyed the atmosphere and felt like we were supposed to be going to TC, so we started shortly yeah, after. We were stagnant at our old church and really felt a lot of energy at TC and fell in love with the people there. So for the first time I heard about small groups, I was not sure how to take it because uh, where we came from, there was a lot of uh, classes people did and nobody really connected, but I could tell there was something different about the small groups at TC, uh, so which energized us to really get involved. Yeah, I was really nervous about starting small groups because I had a small group of friends at our old church and they all moved. So I was alone and I knew I needed to. So I just stepped out of my comfort zone and just did it. And it was definitely worth it because I wasn't so nervous anymore <laughs> about talking to people around the church. So during the summer semester, I was part of the Dad and Me small group and we went out, the dads got together, went out to Dairy Queen and with our kids and just bonded as dads and our kids got to interact with each other. So that was that was a summer small group that I got uh, clicked up with and which was really cool. It was really refreshing um, to be in a small group where there was such diversity. 
Um, and I absolutely loved that diversity because the dads, like I said, you know, we got to, during that group, we um, got to see all the different kids interacting with their dads. Well, my kids got to interact with other dads as well. And seeing that love that the other dads were giving my kids was, it was awesome. And the small group I went to was the same day as um, the dad and me, so I got to be away from the kids. Um, it was, she's got issues. As a woman, we all have issues. So it was definitely needed in just being able to talk to other women about just issues we have in our own life. And it definitely was able to open up. If you are hesitant in even joining or thinking about joining a small group, just do it. Like, what do you have to lose? Absolutely nothing. And if you don't feel like you fit into that group, join a different one. I think uh, the church has gotten a bad rap over the years because of the lack of relationships. Definitely. And at TC, relationships are pivotal. So in the fall semester, I have actually decided to lead a small group. Um, as a woman and a stay-at-home mom, I've realized that I just need girl time. So I decided that I was just going to do my own group and start girl time. So I'm super excited to just meet other women in, in the same stages of life do life with them. I did not think I would ever be leading a small group. I'm very shy and very introverted and yeah. I've always known Brittany is this introvert that does not like to venture out because you, know, you can, if you venture out, you, you could potentially get hurt by people. Yeah. And to see her open those doors and say, I want to lead a group, I want to meet more people, I've just been blown away. <laughs> So coming up in the fall, I'm gonna be doing, I'm gonna be leading a mentoring group. And it's this new program where uh, we're gonna get a group of guys together and we're gonna go through this nine month curriculum, reading books, memorizing scriptures, talking about everyday life and just doing life together and becoming uh, better leaders, better Christians, better fathers, better husbands, and just stepping our game up. So super excited about this mentoring group we have coming up. If you are in your 20s or 30s, please join my group, Girl Time. Of course, only women are invited, but please join my group. I'm looking for a few good men to join my mentoring group. So if you're up to the challenge, come see me and let's get this thing started. Don't say good men because they don't have to be good. I'm looking for a few good men. That's a movie. Come on. <laughs> Yo, the Marines. Hello. I know. I was in the Marines. But, a few good But you're going to say that, and somebody's <clears throat> going to be like, well, I'm not good enough, because I'm not good. Those are great bloopers. You, can, you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. Let's give it up for Adam and Brittany. Thank you, guys. So... It leads me to number five, and we'll wrap this thing up for today. But the fifth thing we need to do every day. So we need to thank, we need to, we need to spend time thanking God every day. Gratitude matters. One of the favorite things the Lord wants to hear is thank you. Right? So we, we spend time thanking God and being grateful. And so then we, we spend time in prayer and, and the things that we've already listened to you. And then number five, the fifth one I'm going to give to you today is surrender my life to God. Surrender my life to God every day. 
God, I'm just giving you my life. I'm giving you who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm surrendering to you today. All I need is you. I need you more than I need anything else. God, the areas of my life that you need to take out, God, I pray you keep showing those to me so that I can keep laying those things down to become more of the person that you want me to be. So I surrender my life to you. Matter of fact, Paul puts it like this in 1 Corinthians 15, 31. He says, I die every day. What he's saying is the version of me that needs to go away, I let that die every day so that every day, the part of me that Jesus wants to keep alive can keep alive. How many of you guys know the evil in you and the good in you can't exist at the same time? So we kill off that thing that wants to kill us. Luke 9, 23 says this, then, if any, then he said to them, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross every so often, no, daily, and then follow me. Which means we all have a call. We all have a need that we need to give God more of us so that we can become more like him. Amen. You guys got it today? So we talked about what needs to go. Today we talked about what we need to put in. Five things that can help restructure our life so that we give God more of ourselves every day to become more like him so that we can be the greater impact of who Jesus wants us to be. All right, guys, you got the word today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that in our life, you, God, take control. And so we surrender to you the areas of our life that need to change. We give to you, God, the areas of our life that, God, just aren't right. But Father, we're gonna, we're, gonna spend five, we're gonna spend time every day doing the five things that matter. We're gonna thank you every day. We're gonna pray every day. God, we're gonna join in our healthy relationships every day. We're gonna, God, we're, we're gonna die to ourself. God, we're gonna surrender to you every day. We're gonna give you all of us, God. But I pray that you'll make us, Father, more like you. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and your eyes closed today, if you're in this room and you, you're saying, I, I, Pastor, I, I hear all those things and, and I do wanna do all those things. All those things do matter to me. But one of the things that I know I need to do is, is I can do all the steps, but honestly, when I look in the mirror, I know that Jesus is not in control of my life. And since Jesus isn't in control of my life, I don't need to do all the next steps, I need to do the first step, and that's surrender to him. And so today, if that's you, and you, you, you already know that, that the Lord is, he's tugging on your heart today. He's telling you where you're at isn't where I want you to be, but I want you to live in a life of surrender to me. And if that's you, and you say, Pastor, I wanna give my life to Jesus today. I've tried it my way and it never works, but I'm ready to try it his way. I want Jesus to take control. If that's you today, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna come to you. I wanna pray for you. You say, I want Pastor, I, I want Jesus to take control of my life. Right where you sit, will you raise your hand? That's me, Pastor, I want Jesus to take control. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Once you put it up, you can put it back down. Like I said, I'm not here to embarrass you. I wanna pray for you today. Is there any more that says, I want, I want Jesus to take control, Pastor. I want him to have control of my life. Maybe you're watching us online right now and you said, that's me, I want, I want to give my life today. If that's you, if you raised your hand or you didn't, but you want, to, you want to give your life to Jesus today, or maybe you're watching us online and you want to give your life to him today. The beauty of the gospel is this, folks, 
that all we have to do is where we repent of our sins, which means we turn away, never to go back. But then we put our faith in Jesus. And as we put our faith in him, the Bible says he's faithful to forgive us of our sins. And today you have the opportunity to meet Jesus. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray with our mouth to declare with our words what we're already believing in our heart. And that is that Jesus is taking control of our life and we're surrendering to him today. And so if you raise your hand or you didn't, or you're watching us on, we want you to pray this prayer with us and the whole church is gonna pray it with you. So you're not praying it by yourself. So church, let's pray with our brothers and sisters today. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later that when you died, you paid for mine. And I thank you today. So I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps the very first time. We celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.